catechesis with Pope Benedict XVI. Man in Prayer Papa Benedict's Catechesis on Wednesday the 4th of May 2011 Dear brothers and sisters, today I would like to start a new series of catechesis. After the catechesis on the Fathers of the Church, the great theologians of the Middle Ages, great women, I would now like to choose a theme that is very dear to us all. It is the theme of prayer, specifically Christian prayer. The prayer, that is, that Jesus taught us and that the Church continues to teach us. It is in Jesus, in fact, that man becomes capable of approaching God with the depth and intimacy of a relationship of paternity and sonship. Together with the first disciples, let us then turn to the Master with humble trust and ask Him, Lord, teach us to pray. In the upcoming catechesis, in approaching sacred scripture, the great tradition of the Fathers of the Church, of the teachers of spirituality and the liturgy, we wish to learn to live our relationship with the Lord even more intensely, as it were, at a school of prayer. We know well, in fact, that prayer should not be taken for granted. It is necessary to learn to pray, as it were, acquiring this art ever anew. Even those who are well advanced in the spiritual life feel the need to go always to the school of Jesus so as to learn to pray with authenticity. We receive the first lesson from the Lord through his example. The Gospels describe to us Jesus in intimate and constant dialogue with the Father. It is a profound communion of the one who came into the world not to do his will, but that of the Father who sent him for the salvation of man. In this first catechesis as an introduction, I would like to propose some examples of prayer present in ancient cultures, so as to observe how, practically always and everywhere, they turn to God. I begin with ancient Egypt as example. Here a blind man, asking the divinity to restore his sight, attests to something universally human, which is the pure and simple prayer of request by one who is suffering. This man prays, My heart desires to see you. You have made me see the darkness. Create for me the light, that I may see you. Bend over me your beloved face. That I may see you. This is the nucleus of prayer. Among the religions of Mesopotamia, an arcane, paralyzing sense of guilt dominated, though not deprived of the hope of ransom and liberation by God. We can thus appreciate this supplication by a believer of these ancient cults, which resonates thus. O God, who is indulgent even about the gravest fault, absolve my sin. Look, Lord, at your exhausted slave and breathe upon him your breeze. Without waiting, forgive him. Alleviate your severe punishment. Freed from my bonds, let me breathe again. Break my chains, undo my ties. They are expressions that demonstrate how man, in his search for God, has intuited, albeit confusedly, on the one hand his fault, on the other hand, 
aspects of mercy and divine goodness. Within the pagan religion of ancient Greece, a very significant evolution is seen. Prayers, while continuing to invoke divine help so as to obtain celestial favour in every circumstance of daily life and so as to obtain material benefits, are progressively orientated towards more disinterested requests, which allow to the believer to deepen his relationship with God and become better. For example, the great philosopher Plato records a prayer of his teacher Socrates, rightly considered one of the founders of Western thought. Socrates prayed thus, Grant that I may be beautiful within, that I may consider rich the one who is wise, and that I may possess only as much money as a wise man may take and carry. I do not ask for more. He would like above all to be beautiful within and wise, and not rich in money. In those sublime all-time masterpieces of literature, which are the Greek tragedies, still today, after twenty-five centuries, read, reflected upon and performed, are contained prayers which express the desire to know God and to adore His Majesty. One of these tragedies reads as follows, O Lord Zeus, pillar of the earth upon which you have your throne, who you are and what you are is impossible for mortals to fathom. Hear my prayer, Lord, whether you are a human thought or a natural law. Your ways are silent, Zeus, yet you drive all human affairs towards justice. God remains a bit nebulous, and nevertheless man knows this unknown God, and prays to the one who guides the ways of the earth. Also among the Romans, who constituted that great empire in which Christianity was born and largely spread, Prayer, even if associated with a utilitarian conception and fundamentally linked to the request for divine protection over the life of civil community, sometimes opens up to invocations admirable for the fervour of personal piety, which is transformed into praise and thanksgiving. Apuleius, an author from Roman Africa in the second century after Christ, bears witness to this. In his writings he manifests his contemporaries' dissatisfaction with regard to traditional religion and the desire for a more authentic relationship with God. In his masterpiece entitled Metamorphoses, a believer turns to a female divinity with these words, Holy Divinity, eternal source of salvation, adorable protector of mortals, who in their evils lavish upon them the affection of a tender mother. Not a day, not a night, not a moment goes by which is not marked by one of your benefactions. During the same period, the Emperor Marcus Aurelius, who was also a philosopher who reflected on the human condition, affirms the need to pray so as to establish a fruitful cooperation between divine action and human action. In his memories, he writes, who told you that the gods do not help us equally in that which depends on us? So begin to pray to them, and you will see. This advice of the emperor philosopher has been effectively put into practice by innumerable generations prior to Christ, thereby demonstrating that human life, without prayer, which opens our existence to the mystery of God, 
becomes deprived of meaning and reference. In every prayer, in fact, is always expressed the truth of the human creature, who on the one hand experiences weakness and indigence and therefore asks for help from heaven, and on the other hand is endowed with an extraordinary dignity because, in preparing to welcome the divine revelation, he discovers himself capable of entering into communion with God. Dear friends, in these examples of prayers from different epochs and civilizations emerges the awareness that the human being has of his condition as a creature and of his dependence on an other, superior to him and source of every good. The man of every age prays because he cannot help but wonder what is the meaning of his existence, which remains obscure and bleak if it is not put in relation to the mystery of God and of his plan for the world. Human life is an intertwining of good and evil, of undeserved suffering and of joy and beauty, which spontaneously and irresistibly impels us to ask God for that light and inner strength which help us on earth and disclose a hope that goes beyond the confines of death. The pagan religions remain an invocation which, from the earth, awaits a word from heaven. Proclus of Constantinople, one of the last great pagan philosophers, who lived in an epoch already fully Christian, gives voice to this expectation, saying, Unknowable, no one contains you. All that which we think belongs to you. Our evil and our good are from you. Our every yearning depends on you. O ineffable one, whom our souls feel present, raising to you a hymn of silence. In the examples of prayer of various cultures, which we have considered, we can see a testimony to the religious dimension and of the desire for God inscribed in the heart of every man, which find fulfilment and full expression in the Old and New Testaments. Revelation, in fact, purifies and brings to its fullness man's original longing for God, offering him in prayer the possibility of a deeper relationship with a heavenly Father. At the beginning of our pathway in the School of Prayer, we therefore wish to ask the Lord to illuminate our minds and hearts so that the relationship with Him in prayer may be ever more intense, affectionate and constant. Once again, let us say to Him, Lord, teach us to pray.